All right, so we are continuing our um, series about where is God. We talked about where is God and rejection and different facets. Today we're talking about where is God when we can't see him. And th- this has been kind of fun for me. It's going to be a little longer script, scripture reading, but it's, it's about stories. And I've gone back into the Old Testament, and I always like the stories. Um, but I was a little disappointed because I had a great title for this, but Lisa wouldn't let me. So I wanted to say, where's God when you can't see him? And then all of a sudden, he's talking out of your donkey. But I wanted to use the King James Version. Yeah, it is a shorter word. So if, if, you, if people don't know what I'm talking about, go look at the King James Version. But Lisa vetoed that, so it's talking out of your donkey. Okay, so let's go to uh, Numbers, uh, chapter 22, beginning in verse 21. Balaam got up in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, he turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat beat it to get it back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam, and he was angry, and he beat it with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and it said to Balaam, "'What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times?' Balaam answered the donkey, you made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, why have you been beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it had not turned away, I would have certainly have killed you by now, but I would would have spared it. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I, I don't realize that you, I did not realize that you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. So Balaam went with Balak's officials. This is the word of God for the people of God. It's always been one of my favorite stories, the donkey, talking donkey, Right? And when we look at this story, we see that Balaam 
because if you read the broader context, there's a lot going on and he is distracted. And he's thinking about himself and he's thinking about worldly things. He's thinking about conflict. He's thinking about a lot of things except God. And so he's distracted, so he can't see uh, an Old Testament angel of the Lord represents God's presence. He can't see God or God's angel right before him. And so I've, as I've, the reason I picked this story is because how many times in our life have we um, not been able to see God? Maybe not be able to hear God, wonder where God is. And yet God is always present. It's not uh, our, that God's not there. It's our inability to see or to hear God. And so where is God when we can't see him? Well, the answer is he's there. And he's there in many ways if we would just be able to open our eyes. And so God comes to us in any way that he can, even through a speaking donkey, to let us know that he's present. And so this is kind of a reflective sermon in the sense I want you to think about as we go through this and I share some stories. Where have those times in your life you have not been able to see God in the situation or in, the fam in your family circumstances or whatever it may be? At those times it's like, where was God? Because God was there, it's just you had trouble seeing him. Or maybe, why didn't I see him? Why couldn't I see him? Because we get distracted, we get very easily distracted. We have to know what God's nature is. We have to be in line with God. You know, coming to church one hour a week is not enough. We have to know who God is. We, we're not gonna be able to recognize somebody we barely know through in somebody else or working in our lives, the more we get to know God's nature, the more we get to know how God works, the better it is we're gonna be able to see him or hear him through others or in situations. In, in, the, you know, in my experience, I, can, I was thinking back many times, I might not have even known God was present, but he was there. Now I can see him. I've shared with you, it's kind of a mainstay in my testimony that from the time I was a little five-year-old boy that I can remember, every time I would go visit my grandma McClurg, my dad's mother, in a small Indiana town, Carthage, Indiana. Very small town. They had a paper mill. I think that was it. Um, every time I left, and we weren't a church-going family when I was young. Parents got divorced when I was about five. But every time I would go visit her, every time I left, she would whisper in my ear, I say a little prayer for you each night before I go to sleep. And then as I left, that was always the last thing I heard before I left, and we would drive through the country, and I had this peace. I mean, I, I was five years old, but it, throughout my childhood, I wouldn't been able to say, oh, Thanks, Grandma, that gives me peace. But I had it, looking back, the feeling I had when I went to visit my grandmother, when I left my grandmother. But now I know 
looking back, that it wasn't just a warm feeling, but it was God's presence being introduced into my life through my grandmother. It was the Holy Spirit that I was feeling. Not just the love of my grandmother, but it was God present in my life. And when I came to a point in my life where I was like, there's gotta be something better in this world than the way I'm living or what I'm doing and what I'm searching for. And when I didn't know where to turn, what came to me? My grandmother's prayers. I said, well, maybe I'll pray. And guess what? I began to find that peace and direction that I had when I left her. So I didn't know it for so many years, but God was present through my grandmother and through her prayers. When I was a young Christian and I was working or I was on this walk to Emmaus. Some of you know about it. Some of you are going on it soon. If you're interested, come see me. Um, and I was like, I was struggling. I was a young man in my 20s. I was like, man, there's something to this Christian stuff, this church stuff, but I, I just don't see it. You know, it's, it's not the organizational church. If that's it, I'm out. But there's something real, there's something more, there's something. And I was struggling with it, and I was there, and it was everybody had gone to bed, and the stars were out. This was out in West Texas. And I went, walked up to this cross, sat on a rock, and I was like, God, I know there's something here, but I just got to know. Give me a sign. Give, show me something. And I laid back on this rock, and I looked up at the stars, and then in perfect order, there was one in perfect order. Perfect rhythm, two, three, shooting stars. Same spot, one, two, three. And I was, didn't know a, a bunch about Bible or scripture or anything like that, but I heard in my head, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. God was present through shooting stars. Now, I don't know if he made the shooting stars or the Holy Spirit. I don't know how that stuff works. That's God's stuff. But I know, as Wesley says, the assurance that I had, I was strangely warmed. And I knew God was present. God was speaking to me. And sometimes we can't see God in our lives. Another time I was... <laughs> I shared with you, I was going to this church. I think I can name it because it's a good story. Um, Alliance. And I got a call to move to this church. I was at Harker Heights. Uh, Kay Carey and her daughter who come here, uh, there it's football season. Her son's a football coach, so he's traveling. Um, but uh, they're from Harker Heights. They, they were, I was their pastor at Harker Heights. But I was there, and I got a call to go to Alliance in Fort Worth. And now you have to understand, it wasn't that big of a raise. It wasn't that big of a move. It was a bigger move, but the church had gone down a lot. It was in a lot of trouble. That, they didn't tell me that. They always give you the brochure version when they call you. Oh, it's a little piece of heaven on earth, right? But my wife had just had a deep vein thrombosis, so bad that her legs swelled 
I'm not kidding. It was like this. They had to do a fasciotomy on her thigh and on her calf. She was in the hospital 15 days, intensive care for five. And now she was home and she was recovering. She had just started teaching. She was missing that. And I get a call to move. And not, not only that, the, the, the church had just built a brand new spanking parsonage. And they let us have a say. But even when they talked about it a year before, I said, well, we need to provide you and your family a house, a good house. And I said, well, you can't do it for me because I don't, I, could, I mean, for the church, for the pastor, but you can't do it for me. And one sweet little old lady in the council said, she goes, oh, it's not for you. Yes, yes, yes. And so we, we, we had just moved into this great house. My wife was very traumatized by because it, it was a very scary thing that she went to, through. And I said, they called me, and I'm kind of spur of the moment, impulsive guy. I didn't really check with her. That's the system we're in. They said, do you want to move? I said, sure. I probably should have checked with her. <laughs> probably should have checked with her. Um, but she decided that, you know, it, it, she said it was about teaching, but it was really she didn't want to get too far from her doctors. And so that was another time that we were separated. I moved with the boys up to Alliance in Fort Worth, and she stayed a year with the girls. And then I, when I got to Alliance, I started peeling back the layers of the onion and found out how much in trouble we were financially, and people were leaving the church. There was a lot of issues, and da-da-da-da-da. I mean, won't go into it. But it wasn't good. And I began to walk around and said, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. What have I done to my family? What have I done to my career? This is going to be tough and bad. I could not see God anywhere in that, for sure. And cut to the chase, make a long story short, that turned out to be one of the biggest blessings and biggest turnarounds that I've heard of or seen or been, definitely been a part of. To this day, I did two memorial services this summer and going back there is like going home and seeing people and, and a lot of people have moved on, but I mean, it's just a warm, God had blessed me richly. But if you would have looked on paper, if you would have looked from the perspective of the world, you'd say, God's not in this at all. I couldn't see God, but God was very much in this but I couldn't see him. I felt like whipping a donkey, but then God blessed me. So the point is to share these things to say, to, to spark some things in your life, to remember where you maybe thought you didn't see God. Or remember times that you saw God, but it was in a very unusual way through a person, through something, through a circumstance, how things turned out that you were not aware of. You know, throughout the Old Testament, 
God was seen in a pillar of fire. He was seen in manna. He, he parted the Red Sea. He was in a donkey. He, it was all, God was seen in so many different ways. And his power and his miracles and his love were seen in so many different ways, just like today. But we even, we have Jesus. Is the, scripture says, is the visible sign of an invisible God. You want to know what God is like in a human being? Jesus. And now Jesus has ascended, but we now are left with the Holy Spirit. And we are supposed to be the body of Christ, filled with his spirit. Going back to what I was saying during the ministry moment. And that's supposed to look like Jesus, where we love one another. He, you know how many times he looked at his disciples and went like this? Oh. But he loved them. He died for them. You know how many times Jesus looks down at me and goes like this? Probably daily. But he loves me. And he's there. And I see him. And I recognize him. And I know that feeling. And so when we don't think God's there or we can't see him, that doesn't mean God's not there. God's always there. What's up, what we need to do is try to figure out and be better at recognizing him. To see him moving in and through our lives in ways that we cannot even imagine. And the more we know him, the more we're in relationship with God, the more we're in relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the easier it is to recognize him. Sometimes we have trouble seeing him because we're not sure what he looks like. Because we're not that familiar with him. So, next time you have trouble seeing God, remember he's there. You just got to look through different lenses from another angle because he's always faithful. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy, for your patience, for your love. Lord, you gave your life that we might have life. And you gave your life not for perfect people or those that are always right or loved you like they should, but you gave your life for imperfect people like me for those that rebel, that reject you, that don't know you like they should, you gave your life that we might have life and have it abundantly. So Lord, help us to recognize you more each and every day in and through our lives and in our families, in our community, in our church. Help us to see you and to love others as you have loved us. It's in Jesus' name, amen.